welcome to Plays Pod. My name's Ben. It's Monday, the 23rd of September. Joined once again by Andrew from Roy's View From. How are you today, Paul? Really good. Yourself? Also really good. I'm still uh, I'm still a little bit croaky, I think, from from uh, from Saturday. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, as as kind of annoyed as we were last weekend in terms of, um, I guess it felt like almost a nightmare football weekend. It, it kind of flipped on its head this weekend, and everything seemed yeah. uh, everything uh, yeah turned out pretty nicely. I think. I'm genuinely jealous of you for being there as well. To be honest, I, I wish I wish I'd have gone to that one. I managed to get a ticket for exit. Sounded absolutely amazing on the stream. Yeah, it was. Um, it was good. It was. <laughs> it's a good, it's the first time I've been to Goodison, um, and I, I, from what I understand, almost every seat is restricted view um, or obstructed view, and uh, it, that is marked on my ticket. To be fair, but I mean, like. It's so yeah. much of the game happening behind these uh, these like overhanging beams and stuff. I mean, yeah, when we had to talk about some of the stuff that happened in the game, it's like, oh, what? I, I mean, I, I I was on the very back row of um, of the upper tier, so I it's actually one of the rare situations where probably I would have had a better view if I'd stayed sat down the entire game. But then, really? <laughs> so I guess I'd have just been staring at the back of someone else, else's head. But no, it's uh, yeah, it's like I say, it's a, a proper old school ground which I kind of knew before, and I took. Took us ages to get into the ground. We didn't actually get in until about, I'd say, a good seven or eight minutes into the game, which is a bit, bit irritating. Loads of blades queuing outside, but never mind. The sun was shining, and uh, it didn't look like we missed anything significant. And yeah, as you say, it was, well, I missed uh, the first ten minutes. If it's any consolation on the stream, because I was just uh, cheers to Barney on the S two forum because uh, there were about four or five different streams going around, and they all went down, or they all had different games. I don't know, like right, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch this one. Then he, he managed to pop one up and send it to people. So good man. Um, yeah, we are of course talking about uh, United's two 0 win at Everton, which um, yeah make, makes everything <coughs> look uh, look look pretty rosy now. I think so. We've got eight points from six games. Uh, we're mm-hmm. unbeaten in all three away games, um, and, and I feel like other results kind of went our way a little bit this this weekend as well. In terms of, I think if I could have hand picked results, that, that would have been pretty much what I had with uh, Norwich losing, Villa losing. Uh, Brighton and Newcastle was a draw, wasn't it? Watford, yeah. Watford lost again. <laughs> Bizarre. Like that was the other thing. So I was squinting to try and see the scoreboard at the far end of the ground. Like, does that say eight? Like, how you see, I, I turn my phone off when I'm watching the stream because obviously you're a little bit behind, and I don't want yeah. my friends saying one nil or whatever. And uh, one of my friends said, "Oh, look at my bets because I've not got United uh, on them, so you know I'm not going to get any. Uh, I'm not going to see their scores." He goes, Man City are five 0 up after sixteen minutes. Or yeah. it was. What? <laughs> I know. I I always put my uh, phone on to do not disturb and about the match, and I just uh, yeah just saw it half time. Like yeah, I just got so many messages from people being like, "Whoa, what's happened there?" But um, yeah. yeah, so this well actually as, talking about Man City. This is Everton's first home defeat since February, which was Man City, um, and and they've not played. Uh, I wouldn't say they've played like a, a a cakewalk of teams since then either. So teams that have. Uh, Gone to Goodison since then and not won. Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, Burnley and Wolves. So, yeah, not, not, not exactly like they were playing Fulham and Huddersfield and Cardiff and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, what a result. I mean, I was still slightly slightly in disbelief at it, I think. I mean, 
I didn't really. I don't think I expected us to get anything out of this at all. I definitely went more with um, more with hope than expectation. Kind of like let's in, enjoy the day out, if you like, um, in Liverpool, and just kind of kind of hope for a good performance and see what happens. And I think actually, as it happens, we didn't get the good performance, but we did get the great result. Yeah, um, it was a strange one, weren't it? Because like you said, it's almost the exact opposite of last week against Southampton, yeah. where we barely created anything, and yet. You know, I'd say clinical or lucky, whichever way you want to look it. Obviously, the second goal was amazing, but yeah, just complete opposite to last week. Yeah, and it's uh, our first Premier League away win since the 16th of December 2006. <clears throat> so I'd, I kind of forgot that we didn't win a away game uh, in the second half of that season. Um, no, that was Wigan away, weren't it? I think, it if was, I'm right. It was Wigan away, yeah. So 12 years, nine months, and five days ago. So. Uh, a long time in the waiting, but um, yeah, I mean, to, you know, the, you look at those three away games now, and to get, uh, you know, scoring kind of late decisive goals in all of them, and you know, to get five points from those from Bournemouth, Chelsea, and Everton. Yeah. I mean, no way did I expect that. Um, well, to make it even better, our top flight record away from home before this season uh, in the last ten was drew one, lost nine, <laughs> and. It, it, it's our second best ever away run now. Do you remember when Black, Blackwell uh, got the record of 15 without defeat? Right. Um, when when we got to the playoffs that season, this is our second best now. Um, yeah, right. So yeah, I mean, and and obviously we're in the Premier League, which makes it even more incredible. And now obviously the start of the week, and I said to you, is that uh, Wednesday have had three managers since we last lost away from home. So <laughs> I absolutely love that. So yeah, our last away defeat uh, is Swansea, right? In, mm. which was like January, early February? January, yeah. I mean, that's mad. I mean, and in that time, we've been to Ellen Road, West Brom, Villa and um, Norwich as well, haven't we? So Yeah, and yeah. Hillsborough even on a derby game, which I always think is difficult. So. Also true, yeah. So, um, yeah, not bad, really. Uh, we should say, actually, happy birthday, Chris Wilder. That's, uh, that's today, Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Which means uh, tomorrow is the anniversary of um, the Bouncy Day Massacre. So I'm sure nobody will mention that. <laughs> Definitely not. There's no no chance Blaze Twitter bringing that one up. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's. So I mean, you, you you know, we kind of just touched on the uh, touched on the performance there. I mean, the stats kind of tell the story of the game quite accurately. I think. Um, mm. So we we scored two goals and had one shot on target, which I love. That's that's brilliant. Um, can't get more clinical than that. <laughs> no, because you, you literally two can't. goals for every one shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, 70% possession for Everton at 16 shots to two. Um, and they just bombarded our box, 42 crosses to 13. Um, but then if you sort of look at the more advanced numbers, it, it kind of tells a slightly different story of a of a closer game even than, than kind of I felt it was um, watching it. So expected goals under start of Everton, just a shade over one and United 0.5. And obviously the own goal isn't factored into that. So... Mm. You know, you look at that. If you've conceded sixteen shots, but the the opposition xG is is only just over one, then that suggests you're doing quite a good job of making sure that those shots are coming from pretty poor areas. Which mm. I think we actually really did. Everton two big chances to our one. Again, you know, for them to carve out two, in a game where we basically were defending for ninety minutes, for them to only carve out two big chances is. You know, it is credit to our defending, I think, as, as a whole team. And yeah, they only had six shots in the second half, despite the fact, you know, we were really we were really sitting off at that point and, you know, defending deep and trying to protect we had a lead to protect essentially. So yeah, yeah you know, you're expecting that that Alamo really in the second half, but only six shots against. I mean, 
that's a great effort. And, and as much as you know, we kind of say the performance was not great. Defensively, we were absolutely magnificent. Like, yeah, I said last week that it was our. Uh, you, I think you said was it our best performance last week, and I, I said certainly not defensively. Like, well, that is the best performance by far defensively this season. Yeah, no, it, it is weird how everything's kind of flipped around. Like, yeah, reduced all the errors. You know, every every bit of sloppiness that we had in in terms of a defensive shape and letting people run through us. It, it was just a brick wall, weren't it? Yeah, it really was, and yeah, so many. So many standout performers in that defence as well. Mm. Um, yeah, where where to start, well, I suppose? Well, I said before the season that the games against Brentford and Leeds last year mm. uh, would probably help us, having that backs to the wall and knowing that you can come out the other side and get a goal or win. And I thought it were very similar to those sort of games, particularly the Brentford one. don't think we were quite as, you know, last gasp as we were mm. against Brentford or anything like that, or maybe in that first half against Leeds. I don't think they were creating chance after chance after chance, Everton. But it was obviously backs against the wall. They had all the possession. We had to dig in. We stuck at it. And I think those two, again, we showed a different side to us, which mm. some people, like you say, will look at it, look at the stats and say, ooh, lucky there. And maybe we were to a degree, but I don't know if it, not not every side could have done that. It, yeah. getting, you know, having that, conceding that amount of possession and coming out with a clean sheet. Yeah, I'm glad you raised Brentford actually because it, it did remind me of that game a lot just in terms of how deep we were and it was like, you know, just how, almost like how can we get up the pitch and obviously we, um, you know, we had a, a man sent off in that game so that was why we were yeah. completely back to the wall whereas this one it was, well, a bit of not playing very well and a bit of Everton being quite good I suppose, if uh, at least uh, at least between the two boxes anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right, where where to start? So uh, yeah, let, let's just start with like I guess the team news, I suppose. So um, McGoldrick missed out, which was I think a late one. So I, I listened to Wilder's interview on this, and he, he has picked up an injury, but he'd done mm. it during like some extra practice. Basically, it sounded like it yeah. basically was just doing some shooting practice um, on either Thursday or Friday, I think, and then has uh, basically tweaked his groin to the extent where um, yeah, he didn't even make the squad. Which I mean, you you and I, we were both. You know, we, we kind of discussed uh, at length, I guess, the sort of McGoldrick conundrum last week, but we both wanted him to stay in the team, didn't we? And yeah. I do wonder how much we missed him in this game. Like, in terms of... Look, we just had nothing of the ball. As I said, we had 30% possession. We only had, um, you know, two shots in the entire game. We just we just could not get control of the ball and get up the field at all, apart from a couple of bursts from, you know, one from Fleck, a couple from Lundstrom, that kind of thing. And Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this is this is an unanswerable question, but how differently does that game look if McGoldrick starts instead of, say, um, Robinson? What do you think? I think... I don't want to say that just shows how important it is to us, because it's a, it's a one-off game, but... Another thing that I think McGoldrick does is slow everything down. We were really, really rushed, weren't we, on the ball, mm. like giving it away, and we were going far longer than we've arguably ever gone under Wilder, or certainly for a long time that I can remember. With McGoldrick, he slows everything down. He gives you that calmness. He gives you that chance to get up the field because his hold-up play is so good and his technique so good. I think he's a. I think he was a. I think in those sort of games, he's a huge miss where mm. he's be under the cosh. If he's fit for Liverpool, for me. I won't say the first name on the team sheet, but I, I'd definitely play him. That has been complicated by some other factors, I guess, which we can discuss mm. later on. But yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. I do hear you. I mean, it, it's, yeah, I, I sort of think, like, I think had McGoldrick played, I think we might it might have been a more even game. That, that would be what I'd yeah. put my money on. It'd be a more even game. The flip side is, would we have won the game? Because, um, you know, maybe, maybe in... Uh, 
being higher up the pitch. Um, I agree with that. Space yeah. for Everton. So you know, someone like uh, like Moyes Keane or um, uh, Iwobi or someone like that might have found the space to to actually get a goal. So yeah, it's it's a funny one. I mean. I think Wilder touched on this uh, in his his sort of post match thing as well. It's like you know, a, a win is always a great feeling, but you have to feel if we play like that in all our away games, we're not going to win many. And yeah. yeah, so there's a little bit of a trade off of like, would we have been better in this game? But equally, we might have not won the game if, uh, if we got. To it's an interesting one. It really is because he obviously comes so deep, so it's almost like an extra man in midfield as well, Ooh. which could give you more control. I don't know if you saw the heat maps, but. McBurney was actually spent more time in our half than Everton's half. They were yeah. only Robinson in the entire until Moose came on that actually spent more time in the opposition half. Which, and that's I mean, you, I obviously with McGoldrick coming back and linking up and all that, you can sort of imagine that. But we weren't really doing that with McBurney or yeah. Robinson, and it's not their game. In fairness to him, yeah, I think we lose a lot of control of the ball and of the game when McGoldrick doesn't play. Yeah, no, we were super deep. I, I saw um, S2 stats tweeted out um, some stuff after the game. That's yeah, it was like a, a sort of average line. So the the height, the average height up the pitch, I suppose, um, of the team was the lowest it's been all season. I think it was like thirty eight mm-hmm. meters or something like that. Which is that is pretty deep. I mean, that's well well within our half for a for an average position when you have two strikers on the pitch as well. Um, so yeah, definitely. And I, yeah. I was having a go, like shouting at the screen, saying, "Get up, you know, push up." When I look back in fairness, it did work, especially second... I thought Everton ran out of ideas almost mm. immediately into the second half. Yeah. I think they had no idea how to break his down. They put something like five strikers on by the end, you know, with Walcott coming on and yep. I, I, I'm not out and out forwards, but, you know, forward-thinking players. And they were just lumping balls into the box and it was just easy, weren't it, really? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why I called out those uh, those crossing stats, 42 crosses from them, which is, mm. a, is a lot, but... Mad, yeah. And never, so, never felt dangerous. I mean, they were just crossing it straight onto the, uh, you know, straight onto the heads of our centre-halves, basically, and, and they were mopping up brilliantly. And, yeah, you I mean, don't get me wrong, if they'd have scored, I'd have said, that's been coming. I, yeah. I'm not going to lie. But when you look back at the game, as, as the game were going on, I was thinking, this is just a matter of time. When I look back... If you look at it from an Everton's fan, pan, yeah, an Everton's fans point of view, they'll have been thinking we're never going to score mm. <laughs> because they wasn't creating chance after chance after chance. They just look absolutely uh, clueless. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And um, you know, it was obviously, uh, you, you're caught up in the moment a bit when you're in the ground and obviously mm. had a few beers beforehand as well. But I have to say, I, I was not really nervous um, as the minutes were ticking by. The only <laughs> this is so stupid, but the only thing that was bothering me was like, uh, how much injury time is there going to be? And I was like, I was desperate for us not to concede just before injury time because I have this like total paranoia that like if it's two nil uh, when they put the board up, then it'll be max four minutes. But if it's two one, it'll be like six or seven. So yeah, like, yeah. Please yeah. don't concede. Like I'm not sure I want to sit through. I think it's just that loss aversion thing of like I don't want us to concede an equaliser in the 97th minute. That's much worse than conceding one in the 94th minute. So yeah. I, I was the same as you though. I'm much more nervous first half before we'd scored. Weirdly enough, mm. so I thought it was more dangerous then. Um, second half, yeah, I were at the edge of my seat. Obviously, I wasn't predicting that we were going to go the half without conceding. But at the same time. I don't remember any moments where, other than the chance for uh, Keane where Henderson came out and blocked with his knees in the second half. It's the only time in that half that I can really think I was like, you know. Yeah, 
And that was, you know, that wasn't like um, that wasn't like we got carved open, was it? It was a bit of head no, tennis. No, it just was one of those things. It could have gone anywhere, that header, yeah. Yeah, a bit of head tennis. It just broke to him, and uh, Henderson did really well to, to come out and, uh, and block it with his knees, as you say. Um, yeah, first off, it... I, just, I watched the extended highlights back this morning, which um, is, is a great service, by the way, because it basically just condenses down every attack into like... Yeah, every minutes. attack in a row. Yeah, I watched it. You're like, yeah, whoa. <laughs> exactly, well, exactly that, because I was like, wow, how much did I miss in those first 10 minutes when I was queuing yeah. to get in? But actually, they weren't, you know, there weren't like chances there where there were just a few shots and, no. shots and stuff like that. But yeah, they did have um, they did have a couple of decent chances in the first half, although it was still 0-0. Um, Dina had... I don't know. I mean, there's there's no way he was going to score from there. I don't think like a shot from the no, edge. No, you'd be disappointed if he'd have let that in Henderson. Yeah, it would have had to like fly right into the top corner. I think so. Henderson saved that pretty comfortably. Um, Richarlison had that sort of uh, semi overhead kick thing, which mm. is decent effort, but yeah, really low percentage chance. And then um, after we'd scored, Richarlison had that header, didn't he? Which was probably. I think that was their second best chance of the, after the Keane one. You know, we yeah, I was fuming at that header. I really was. I was saying, we've just scored and we've given him a free header, mm. you know, in the sixth shot. If we'd have let that in, that would have been so frustrating for me because we obviously scored miles against the run of play. Yeah. You've got that lead. And then to give him that chance straight after, oh, I, was, I was infuriated. But yeah. obviously we made up for it more than made up for it after. So Yeah, it was it was a better chance than I thought um, in real time, actually, like watching it live. Um, but yeah, so sort of just edited it down into the ground a bit didn't it yeah. kind, of, kind of took the pace out of it and uh, Henderson made a pretty comfortable save in the end um, I mean yeah let, let's talk about our goal then because yeah that, that chance came after that so I think this was our first corner of the game um, yeah it was yeah and unfortunately there's not really any way to talk about it without um, mentioning our old friend VAR so we're, we're going to have to combine these two things here yeah. so for the record, Norwood swings it in, and by the way, is is you know we, I think um, I think he got a bit of stick for his corners uh, against Southampton. Norwood, um, yeah, but here we go, here's a goal, um, and it was a good delivery. Uh, O'Connell jumps at the near post. Um, Pickford uh, basically misses a punch, and it runs through, hits Yerry Mina, and deflects into the net for an own goal. Um, how? It just talk me through how you reacted to seeing this goal. Obviously, he jumped up, cheered, and then the the camera pointed, sh- sorry, panned straight to O'Connell with his head in his hands. Mm. So we're like, ah, uh, right, he's been disallowed. But then it then went to our players running and celebrating. So like, well, what's happened here? And all the Everton players were just stood, and everyone was stood. And I said, yeah, he's going to disallow this. Obviously, it was so quick to go to VAR that I thought, yeah, that's it. Well, and it was is... quite weird when he gave a goal because you were like, whoa, <laughs> he's given it. So this is the stupid thing. Um, well, first of all, let me say. I, Again, a terrible vantage point to see what the hell happened there because basically I lose the ball for 20 yards and then suddenly like, I couldn't see what happened at the near post and suddenly the ball's in the net. So I actually couldn't see what had happened. Yeah. Um, and also, you get, even watching the replays back, it's hard to see because um, the ball like comes out of the shade into the sun and mm. you sort of lose it in a in a melee of bodies, really. But yeah, so I was like, oh, it's a goal, great. And then it, it wasn't really like what the referee did because I couldn't actually see that immediately. But it's... Something made all a lot of our players sort of go like, "Oh no, like oh it's it's not counted." Like you can even see it on the replays now. Like yeah. I think it's Robinson. Like just sort of immediately is like, "Ah, oh, why? What's happened?" But the thing that annoys me is um, every goal is checked by VAR. So why is I don't understand why the refs kind of immediately go in like, "Hold on, that's probably not a goal or whatever." Um, and yeah, as you say, I, in hindsight, I'm not totally sure what. I guess why everyone sort of thought it was going to get ruled out. I mean. 
O'Connell jumps with his hand in the air, but pulls it out of the way and doesn't get anywhere near it. There's, there is some contact between Robinson and um, and Pickford, but it's pretty minimal, isn't it? Um, I mean, that's yeah, the only I mean, thing I do you thought. see the Everton manager after? I haven't actually know what he said. He said it should have been disallowed, which I burst out laughing at, actually. He said it shouldn't have been a goal. I've seen a few Everton fans say it shouldn't have been a goal as well, and I just... Uh, there was nothing wrong with it. It's it's very very soft. If I mean, I'm presuming the only thing they they think like should be should cause it to be disallowed is like a foul on Pickford. But I mean, yeah, the block from but that you'd be never no one would ever score. <laughs> yeah, well, if that was the if that was the case, yeah, quite. So it was weird, and um, I, I've got to tell you, I was I was really angry. Like, and I, I didn't, I, I don't even think I celebrated when they gave the goal. Because mm. I was like, I'm, I'm really cheesed off now. Because like, it just basically, my, I've just seen my team score at Goodison Park, um, completely against the run of play, and you know, I had like a split second of like, yes, and then suddenly like, ah, oh, uh, well, yeah, that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what I felt. I've gone off VAR this weekend <laughs> in a big way, even though we got obviously it went in our favour with the goal. Well, that's it. I mean, that that is exactly what I was kind of saying afterwards. Is like. We just got a goal. It was from a corner, so you can't be offside. It was an own goal, so you know it wasn't even our guy that stuck it in the net. So there's like there's no handball or anything like that, and it was given. And I'm still angry. Like, yeah, so, something's gone wrong there. Like, I, genuinely, I was more annoyed after that than I was the one that got ruled out against Southampton. I mean, I just think I, I said last out. week that it, it ruins that. The, the reason you go to football matches is to have that moment of excitement and joy of when your team scores, especially in a game like that where you've been, you know, battered basically for the first bit. And and it's taking it away because every goal that's going in now, unless it's something, you know, that is quite clearly not a foul. So even the Moose one, you never know what's gone off before that, though, do you, really? You don't know if <laughs> you've missed a tackle or something like that. I think it's got to the stage where you're like, yeah, uh, you know, is that is that going to be given? And that can't be right. That is the best thing about football is a goal going in. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because um, it's it is here to stay. Unfortunately, maybe they'll tweak <laughs> how it's implemented or something like that. The other one to just throw out there that um, uh, you made a great point um, uh, to me, uh, which is about like the psychological effect of having a goal disallowed, which fortunately we we didn't experience. Um, in this game, but I guess you know we, we were kind of on the cusp of it. But we did the previous week against Southampton, and then there were there were quite a few examples this weekend as well in the Premier League of a team scores a goal, it gets ruled out for VAR, and then almost immediately their performance levels drop and they concede. So we had it with um, uh, there was Liverpool, wasn't there? And there was uh, I feel like Tottenham. It, uh, Tottenham as well. Yeah. yeah, score a goal, it gets ruled out, and then yeah, the, the kind of psychological impact of of having a goal taken away. I mean, teams are. I think teams are going to need to prepare for that, aren't I'm they? I'm about to say, I think managers are actually going to have to look into this in a big way because I really do think it turned our game last week. Obviously, mm. they didn't score immediately after Southampton, but they took control of the game after that. It makes a huge thing, and you you imagine it from a football. I mean, I've not played at a, a top level or anything, but you work hard for goals. That's why the release is so such a big thing. You know, in tight games, especially in a Premier League game, you get that goal and it's that, what, wow, you've done it, you know. It must be awful for that because we're not just talking, it's okay, it's one thing getting it disallowed straight away. You score, Wiseman's flags up. Ah. But when you've done all the celebration and everything <laughs> and then you're bringing it back two minutes later to say, oh, that's not a goal. You were like, Ugh. I mean, the Chelsea goal yesterday, oh, must yeah. have gone on for about two minutes before they, they brought it back and said it, it were going to be disallowed. Yeah. 
Oh, that was yeah. I wasn't happy with that one at all. Yeah. Um. You know, no, no, no dogging that fight between Chelsea and Liverpool. But I was like, same mm. with Tottenham. Tottenham Leicester. That Tottenham goal should definitely have stood, in my opinion. I, I can't. I, I think so. I think the law might have to change. I don't really know how, but I, yeah. I just, you can't be not giving goals like that Tottenham one for me because he's his arms offside, you know, something like that. It's toenail or something. It's like who, who yeah. cares? Who cares about that? I mean, all right, maybe the you know, if you're a Leicester fan, you probably do care. But I, yeah, I'd, I'd almost like I'd almost accept a slightly offside goal against us. Um, no, yeah, to, knowing to that that's stop be... this ridiculous thing of you know yeah. not being able to celebrate goals because. Of the most minor offside decision, I, I just yeah. yeah, I think they might have to change the offside law if they're going to keep with it. I really do. Maybe That's to it. benefit a doubt towards the striker at least. Yeah, no, those. Uh, it turns out those two are not not good bedfellows. The current offside law and um, yeah, VAR. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I had a bit of a an extreme reaction to this goal. And it, it, as I said, it, it was kind of a weird. I think even if we didn't have VAR, it was it was a weird goal, wasn't it? Like. Mm. Just like how almost like how has that gone in? And then you've got the added thing of like, well, we've been rubbish and this is literally our first corner and we still haven't had a shot at that point, I don't think. Yeah, no, no, we hadn't um, So there was all those counter things. But um, so maybe if, if I'd known, like if we didn't have VAR, um, I would have just been like, oh, is that, is that definitely a goal? But then, yeah, I guess... I guess then you just don't see the referee going like, hang on, hang on, I need to check this, but there you go. Yeah. I'm um, claiming that goal, by the way, because um, I once won Pro Evo with my friend uh, with Colombia, and I bought a shirt in honour of Colombia, a Colombian shirt, and I actually wore it watching the game, and obviously <laughs> you, you, Mina scored, who is a Colombian player, so yep. I'm taking that. So every time I'm playing anyone now with a, who's got a Colombian in the team, I'm going to wear uh, my Colombia shirt and hope that they score an on goal. Have you got, uh, have you got an Egyptian shirt or, or something for next no, week? No, I've got an Ireland shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I could possibly wear that. No, I, I think... I'm trying to, I think that's the only national team shirt I've got. I think I've already got Ireland and Colombia thinking about it. So, well, like I say, I bought Colombia on a whim because I'd, I'd won a competition with him as a bit of a joke, and I thought, I'll wear it on uh, Saturday. Then he scored. Like, that's my goal. I've got that. <laughs> what nationality is Joel Matip? Is it Cameroon? Yeah. Cameroon, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Not too late to get a Cameroon shirt. I suppose I could wear an English shirt and hope uh, Alexander well, you got a shirt. Van Dyke's obviously playing. We could get... <laughs> this is the key to success. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Mina because... Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to just bring that up because uh, I know we'd, we'd moaned last week about like oh, how, how come none of these other defenders for other teams like how come they're not making massive mistakes against yeah. us and giving us soft goals and then it's like oh cheers. <laughs> did you watch it goals on Sunday? Uh, I did, but I have to say to fa- I, I was um, uh, I was out for most of the morning, so I, I'd kind of uh, recorded it and was skipping through it, and I I had to skip a lot of it because Stuart Downing must be the most boring oh, man God, alive. Yeah. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I'm glad you said that. I like, thought the same. I, I, I got just... about ten minutes of him talking, and I was like, I can't be doing with this anymore. He's just the most boring man alive. But they, they um, asked him, on. I can't remember what the question was exactly now. It was something like, who was your best manager out of these two? Yeah. And it took him about oh, God, 25 yeah. minutes to answer. It's like, <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's tough. The... Um, it just paused for like 15 seconds, and I actually thought like his microphone had broken or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't see him make it in the world of punditry when he retires. But anyway, they got on the goal, Kamara pointed out um, that if Mina had missed it, it's a tapping for McBurney anyway. Yeah, I kind of want to say that because I imagine um, 
I imagine the blue half of Sheffield is already uh, already bringing that up. The fact that our top scorer is uh, own goal at the moment with two goals. Yeah. But yeah, but it's funny. Both of them, uh, both own goals. I mean, they're going to be knocked in by our player if there's no um, no touch by a defender. Because yeah, McBurney for this one. Um, at the very least, Egan probably knocks in the equaliser at Chelsea if indeed it's not going mm-hmm. in of its own volition. Had um, yeah. Zuma not got a little flick to it, so yeah, I'll definitely uh, definitely take that defensive. Uh, calamity against us. That's uh, that is a good thing for sure. Yeah, definitely. And like I say, it was an own goal, but we'd have scored anyway with that. It was just such a good corner. Paul goalkeeping, to be fair, from Pickford, I thought. Yeah. Whether the sun were in his eyes, I'm not sure. But it, did he wear a cap in the first half? He his... didn't. No, no. Because yeah, Henderson, uh, Henderson did through the whole game. Yeah. Um, or, or rather, he did in the in the second half rather. Um, so yeah, that that was one nil at half time. Um, you know, hard to say we deserved it and a, and a complete shock really. Um, and then second half, yeah, they they came out as for most of the half, but as I said, only created six shots. Um, I can't think of anything other than that Moyes Keane effort where I was like, "Whoa, this is this is tricky." Um, you know, there were a lot of efforts from long range, a lot of crosses going into the box, and we just stood up to it so well. Um, there was it's quite a surprising change um, with Norwood coming off for Jagielka, like. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really see that coming. Um, I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't really think he'd get on the pitch. To be honest, Jaggy Elka. Unless I've got to admit, I was saying to my friend all the way through, we need to get Norwood off. And he, I thought it was really poor second half. We weren't closing down as well or anything. But he was saying like, "Who you bring him on for? Uh, bring him off for?" I'm like, "Uh, don't know." <laughs> mm, yeah, like Osborne or someone like that, maybe. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. He, he was saying like, "I don't think it's his sort of game, really." It's, but yeah, I mean, who'd have thought we'd have won away in the Premier League and finished with the midfield of Basham and Lundstrom? Jeez, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know exactly. So yeah, that that was the change. So yeah, me and my brother just sort of looked at each other like, "Wow, really? We're going to take um, you know, take one of our better midfielders off and bring on another defender." But I, I kind of yeah overlooked the fact that meant that Basham would go into midfield. Um, Jaggy Elke I thought was, Basham were really good in midfield as well, actually. He, yeah, well, yeah, he, he, he put himself around as he tends to. I mean, that is it, isn't it? You you stick Basham midfield in these kind of situations where it's like just just go and chase the ball and like yeah, just and try that's and, yeah, just I mean, try really and tackle even, it. I think he's the only midfielder who got into their area, weren't he? Like we obviously got a header in, didn't the second half, which were our only other half chance or whatever. That's true. Yeah, um, I thought Jagielka did really well, actually. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, and yeah, that did that did kind of make make a bit of a difference. So, yeah, Jags was it was only on the pitch for well, it came on the sixty fifth minute, which is again why it was a little bit eye raising. Sixty uh, fourth minute, sorry. Um, Norwood was on a yellow card as well, mm-hmm. so maybe that was a factor. Um, yeah, I think. What? One of his famous other cars that he should have picked up last week. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was a bit too... I, I can't actually remember what the what the foul was, but I think somebody said... I'm sure I saw somebody say, like, well, they kind of held their breath a bit when... Uh, it, when was a slide, it was a mistime tackle. It was nothing malicious. It was mm-hmm. first half. It was about 20 minutes in or something like that. Right. And um, he put he like did a slide tackle. The, the guy passed it, and he just mistimed. He was definitely, it did look pretty bad at, you know, because the way the play went down and everything. I won't say he, he would play acting, but, you know, mm. if someone comes in flying in like that, you're always worried. But, yeah, I, I don't think you're anywhere near ascending off. There, there was a little bit of needle uh, in this game. There was a, a tussle between Baldock and... Uh, was it... Uh, uh, Ber- Bernard. Bernard, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I wanted to call him Bernard then, but that sounds his, stupid. Uh, he kept up his feet of... Having a fight in every game now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I have, did he? Did they show a replay? What happened here? Because it looked like they just sort of tangled, and then Baldock shoves him away. And having seen the replay again, 
it's kind of lucky there's like quite a big gap between the pitch and the stand because I, I think mm-hmm. if he if he shoves um, Bernard into like the advertising audience, I think he gets sent off. I think he will look at it. I really do. I think he felt that Bernard elbowed him. I, I don't think he did. I think he's. it's just the way his body moved. It looks like he's, you know, maybe a gun with his elbow, but he's definitely not for me. Mm. Uh, right. And then Baldock just completely loses it. And as you say, I think we that could have been a sending off that. Yeah, I, I mean, need to rein that in. Like, I'm all for, you know, up for... Being competitive and stuff, but yeah, we can't. I don't we can't really remember doing this last season us. either. Mm, no, I don't. I don't know. Maybe not. I've always, yeah, I was kind of felt he had a bit of, uh, I don't know, feistiness. Like it, it stands mm. up to players, doesn't he? Um, yeah. I feel like there was someone that he kind of did get in the face of, or rather, he oh he did it with Zahar earlier in the season, didn't he? That's what I'm yeah, thinking of. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, which is where they just like kind of went face to face essentially, didn't they? It wasn't like he advanced on him or out like that. No, so, no, no, no. But yeah, I'd, I'd watched, I think that needs to be reined in a bit because yeah, if we go down to 10 men there, we're, we're almost certainly losing the game. Yeah, even definitely. more than we probably should have almost certainly lost it anyway, to be honest. Um, and then he tangled with him again in the second half, but this just looked like a flop, I think, in the box from, uh, it was yeah. Bernard again, wasn't it? I'm amazed that that keeps popping up in the highlight. I've watched like three different yeah. set of highlights and it's on every one of them. I'm like, well, it's nowhere near a penalty. The commentator's like, well, it was clumsy from Baldock. It's like, really? Like, he doesn't yeah. do anything. Like, the guy just runs across him and uh, chucks himself to the floor. Um, there was, I've not seen this again, um, but this Moyes Keane O'Connell incident, have you seen this? I've not actually, no. So um, it kind of happened off the ball, and oh, um, I do know what you mean. I know what you're going to say now. Yeah, yeah and my brother said to me like afterwards, like, he's like, I think we've got really lucky there. I think O'Connell's just, um, just like either either need him in the head or like stamped on him or something like that. Um, but then apparently it sounds like yeah, nothing of the sort really, like a no, it wasn't. A- accidental contact. I mean, have you seen a replay or anything? I've seen the replay it? at the time. Uh, basically, I think Stevens goes through, like goes. Up, I think he puts a ball through O'Connell to Stevens, and then mm. you hear the Everton fans, oh, and well, what's happened? And then the camera pulled it back, and there's a bit of a tangle between him and Keane, and then so, so Keane's on the floor, and O'Connell steps back, but he doesn't even touch him and he certainly don't mean to touch him you know he's just sort of stepping back trying to get his balance and yeah. I suppose if he'd have missed steps then yeah he could have it could have looked bad but no way did he mean to do anything like that he was just trying to keep his own balance yeah that's good to know <laughs> yeah yeah, just... yeah, yeah. honestly because I, I was the saying because when you when it went a close up and he's stepping back I'm thinking no please don't do that <laughs> mm, indeed um, so yeah, I didn't really feel like we were under siege or anything like that. In terms of, well, I guess we were under siege, but you know we weren't getting like uh, peppered with shots or anything like that. So yeah, but all the same, uh, suddenly Musa is running onto a ball into the box and he slips it between Pickford's legs and mm. uh, and into the net. And yeah, there's, you know, as I say, if the celebrations were kind of ruined for the first goal, they certainly weren't for this yeah. one because even though again I couldn't actually properly see how it arrived uh, at his feet. Um, it was pretty clear that it was it was not going to be disallowed for anything. There's yeah. nothing particularly reviewable about it. But yeah, watching this back again, I mean, we'll talk about Musa in a minute. But John Lundstrom, all action in this move. Mm. I absolutely love it. He's every, everything that he's done well this season in one move. He picks off the ball on the edge of our box. He drives forward into space with it. And then a perfect pass, like yeah, what a through ball! When I, when I saw well, it, did you did you hear what the sun? I, I I saw this. I think I saw this on the S two forum. The sun described it as a hopeful long ball. <laughs> so, oh dear. 
Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, he just slides it round the side of the defence, doesn't he? Um, yeah, oh, it's a brilliant ball. The weight on it and everything. The weight was just... perfect because it did sort of draw Pickford out a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, and... yeah. I thought a poor goalkeeper again, actually, from Pickford. I don't think there's really any need for him to come out. But then again, I think because Moussa was so fast to get past uh, Brick Keane. Uh, it's Dino's. Dino's, uh, it's all right. Yeah, I, I checked he, that. Go on, sorry. Yeah, he sort of has to make a decision, Pickford, I suppose. So. Mm. Yeah, I, I checked that because I was like, who is that guy that Moussa has basically just made look like he was actually stood still? Mm. <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean... That, well, Moussa was on the floor, weren't he, as, as Lundstrom picked up the ball in our own half. Next minute, he's clean for a wall. Where's he come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Lundstrom wins it on the edge of the area, plays it up to Moussa, who um, you know controls it, tries to beat his man but gets tackled. And then, yeah, as you say, he's like... Suddenly, Lundstrom's back on the ball and Moussa's like 20 yards back or something like that. Mm. And then, yeah, just that incredible burst he just he just realized like there's room here for me to sprint into and if Lundstrom just knocks it and you know yeah. gets gets the weight right then uh then I'm in and it's it's a great finish it was you know it was an absolute like mix of delirium and disbelief seeing that going of like how have we scored you know that was our yeah it felt like our first shot really of the entire game I think it was probably the second one was it because there's a Basham as well yeah that, yeah that came after but um yeah, it was it was just great, and I don't know. I mean, if we we're talking about Musa now, I guess like how quickly did were you shouting for him to be on? Because I think after about twenty minutes, I was shouting, "Get Musa on! We need an out ball." Mm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we we can probably discuss these together, I suppose. But yeah, I thought um, so. McBurney got injured in the warm up. I, I found mm. out uh, later with with Wilder's interview, um, and needed like an injection to play. And yeah, yeah, I mean. It, that's that's what we don't tend to play injured players. I've always thought this. You know, if somebody's got a slight knock, they generally are not yeah, used they are. at yeah. all with Wilder. So you know, the fact that he wanted him to play, you know, kind of shows we are we are suddenly a little bit thin on the ground in attack because mm-hmm. obviously Sharp suspended and um, McGoldrick got injured as well. So yeah, so he I thought McBurney did all right as like a you know a, a target man if you like. You know, yeah. it wasn't dominating or anything like that, but. Um, Robinson on the other hand was just just not his game at all. It was I just like was so off the pace. There were times where he was just sort of waiting for the ball and everything was just coming in. At least McBurney, he didn't get any service. So I felt a bit sorry for him in that sense. But mm. defensively, I think he did a lot for us, just purely with yeah. his work rate, few defensive edits of corners and stuff. Robinson seemed really static and sort of quite slow looking. It. I mean. He, he obviously isn't because I think we would have mentioned it, but he, he did look a bit injured. I thought not that he was like yeah. hobbling or anything like that, but yeah, as you say, just just off the pace. I mean, how long was he on the pitch for? Um, did he come off? For, so he went off. He 60s, went off Musa, Yeah, he? so he played sixty-two minutes. Yeah, two passes attempted in sixty-two wow. minutes, um, and he only received the ball four times as well. So essentially, four touches in sixty minutes. I mean, I mean, it were a difficult game for him, and McBurney. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but. I just think he's got to offer more than that. As I said with McBurney, obviously it wasn't wasn't a game for him in the sense that he's going to shine in it. But he put his he put the effort in. He got stuck in. He made a few good defensive head- headers and stuff. And mm. I just thought Robinson were really didn't really close him down much. Didn't really mm. off. I think he did a. I think he, I think in the first half he was our most forward player in terms of like the heat maps and things. But he didn't really offer as an out ball at all. No. Um, and yeah, I, I don't really mean this as a criticism of his performance. I think it's just, I think it just wasn't the game for him mm. in terms of yeah, we just we just couldn't 
get him the ball in at all, never mind in good areas, and and he doesn't have the physicality that McBurney has to yeah. to, to be a bit more of a of a threat, I suppose. So the flip side, to return to um, the the original point, I suppose, Muse <clears throat> um, has different qualities that maybe yeah he's, he's much better suited to this kind of situation and yeah we absolutely saw that you know it wasn't just the goal but he did actually hold the ball up really really well as uh in addition i thought there were you know quite a few times it just got kind of lumped up to him on the halfway line and he basically just like yes. controlled it down won a free kick laid it off that kind of thing and yeah i i i'm I just I loved I loved that impact performance. I don't I think, think it's too much to say he changed the game, but I certainly think that the game well, it changed the game. The game changed uh, a little bit once he came on, simply because we had someone up there holding it up, causing them a few issues. They know that they couldn't go; their back line couldn't push quite as far on because of the pace he had as well. Mm. And I and I do think he really made a huge difference, not just with the goal, but everything well, uh, with his all round play. Yeah, I, th- I think he. He gave uh, he gives us the possibility to change the game, I guess, doesn't it? Yeah. He, I, I mean, when was the last time we had a striker like him who is, you know, genuinely a lot quicker than a lot of defenders? I really and think Luton Shelton. It, well, it may well be, yeah. Um, but and he's clearly, you know, he's already showed like he knows his game is based on that pace and about running into space and you know driving at defenders and stuff. So yeah, it's it's very exciting. I mean, I, I think he. Um, I think he has to start now if he's fit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a proper. I know we, we you know, we sang, uh, you know, kind of bemoaned the absence of McGoldrick and our, and the, kind of the effect on that on our um, overall play as a result of that. But that's a proper headache now, especially going into Liverpool, who you know it will be. Uh, well, I would imagine it will be our toughest game of the season so far, unless something is, yeah. is very strange. But yeah, well, what do you think? Do you think he should start now? I do. I think that, especially against Liverpool, more than maybe other teams are going to have more of the ball. I think you need. I think against Everton, we had no out ball, so it kept coming back. It kept coming back. It kept coming back. I think. I think we're probably going to have to play a little bit longer against Liverpool. I don't think. I mean, their pressing is incredible, so mm. I don't think we're going to get much time to string passes together. If we pass like we did on Saturday as well, then we're <laughs> we're in real trouble. But I think we're probably going to have to go a little bit longer. But I don't think that necessarily means a a long, hopeful ball up to McBurney, but playing it into some sort of space where maybe Moussa can take the pressure off a bit, winners are throwing, you know, just to yeah. get us up that field and give give a breather to the back line. So I'd, def- I'd play him in McGoldrick if McGoldrick's fit. Yeah. I mean, to, to an extent, this Everton game was almost a dry run for Liverpool in terms of, like, yeah. the game is probably going to go the same way next week. And in terms of, like, you know, the possession and shots, that kind of thing, uh, if it goes the same way results-wise, uh, wow. I'll, be, yeah. I'll be very happy. Yeah, I'll um, take that. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, we, we've kind of seen like, look, this combo didn't really work. And all right, I don't, I, I think you could say, you know, some individual performances weren't that good either. You know, when I kind of like drill into it, I was looking, you know, I think Fleck actually had a good game, you know, defensively I, yeah, I and attacking. Yeah. Um, Nordy said not, not quite on it, but not, not terrible, I didn't think. And Lundstrom, you know, in bursts anyway, you know, showed exactly what he, what he can do and how mm. good he's been so far this season. But yeah, I think there, there definitely will be, um, long periods where we don't have the ball for sure and um yeah as you say Liverpool a lot of their game is based on uh, that front three pressing and winning it very high up the pitch and you know maybe to to negate that yeah we do have to go a bit long and in which case you need the personnel out there that can turn a essentially a long a long pass into the channel into a into a corner into a shot and Moussa seems to be that guy I mean you know there, there's 
what is that? That's four points he's got as well. I guess you could say maybe, maybe the Chelsea one. It wasn't his goal, I suppose. But say we gave him that his, his goal. He's Again, got though, I think he points. offered a lot when he came on. Even even if you're not getting the goal, I think he really did make a huge difference in that game yeah. as well. No, I completely agree. Um, and suddenly, you know, if he does that a couple more times, then ten million looks like pocket change really doesn't it for... I mean obviously the, he's got faults to him which we to be honest we've probably not really seen yet because otherwise he'd be in Bournemouth's team now but hmm. in terms of a player he's got everything he's got the strength he's got the pace he seems like a decent goal scorer you know that he, that's a, a great finish there so hmm. yeah he's got a massive potential yeah and uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy for him. It's better uh, than our day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just I'm just about to pose you that one. Do you know the who's the last French player to score for United? I'll give you a clue. It's not Christian Nardi. Was it Jean Calve? I'm 99% sure it is. Yeah. There was, oh, I'm, I'm delighted with that. Yeah, it's, it's yes. very good. Yeah. Um, th- there's no definitive list, but I, uh, I found an A to Z of all Sheffield United players, and just basically just uh, control F to the word France and went through oh. them. Which which brought up Ryan France, but I don't think he ever scored. For oh this. right, yeah, that <laughs> world class side in that one, yeah. But yeah, I remember that goal, a brilliant goal that from Calv, actually. We thought we got a real player on his hands, and then he he was rubbish. So. <laughs> <laughs> was that against Preston, or am I getting mixed up? Yeah, I think that? so. Yeah, long shot, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, that, what was that? That must have been like 2010 or something, wasn't it? I think, I think Gary Speedman manager. So yeah, we're talking about that that period. Yeah, long time ago. So yeah, <laughs> well done, well done, Moussey. <laughs> doing it for the uh, the French blades out there because I fir- when I when I first thought about this I was like surely we've had a goal scorer since um, since Jaffo oh <laughs> yeah Jaffo yeah of course he was 2001 French. or something like that yeah we don't seem to have many in his back <laughs> <laughs> nice um, all right and then yeah we we should shout out because um, we've not really done it so far how good our defence was um, not only collectively I suppose but individually I mean. Actually, when I looked back at this, if you just if you hadn't seen the game and just looked at the stats, you'd be like, "Wow, O'Connell just played like the best game of any centre half uh, in the history of the game, or in the last fifty years or something." So he, O'Connell's stats: sixteen clearances, most on the pitch; eight headed clearances, most on the pitch; nine out of twelve defensive aerial duels, which is really impressive, and again by far the most. Um, Fleck, as I said, put himself about four out of eight tackles, a couple of blocks as well. Um, Oh yeah, O'Connell ten out of thirteen duels won and a couple of interceptions. So look at that, that's like that's immense, like absolutely solid as a rock. But yeah, so in kind of comparison to O'Connell, like if you just looked at the stats, uh John Egan not that impressive, but actually watching the game, he was unreal. He he just like so many times he came in with like a big tackle, a big block, a big clearance, like just when it felt like they were getting away, he kind of got in there and you know, he's kind of, um, there are a few corners as well where he's like basically being like climbed all over by uh, attackers and he's, you know, getting his head in the way to get it out of danger. And he was massive. I mean, you you put this one to me uh, separately that that might be the best individual performance by a United player all season. And yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it, it reminded me a lot of the, the O'Connell and Egan performance before against Brentford. Mm. Nothing got past him. It was one of those where you just sort of thought, He's going to be... Even though, do you remember the last, they had a free kick right at the end? Yeah. Uh, and Egan storms in with his header as if it's like the last minute of the FA Cup final and it's 1-0 towards, you know? Yeah. And I think it was one of those games, like, if we let a goal in, he'd have been absolutely furious. Uh, he, he, he was just in that sort of mood of nothing is getting past us here. That's it. He, yeah. he was leading... He got the captain's armband, didn't he, I think, after Norwood went off. Oh, he might have done, yeah. I didn't notice that, actually. I didn't think to look and I that. Think 
he, 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 he certainly acting like a captain. He would mm. shout, you know, pointing around. Obviously, you might have not seen this, obviously, being at the game, weirdly enough, but when the camera pans around after a corner, he's organising, he's shouting. I thought it was absolutely excellent. Yeah, I think in terms of best individual performance, maybe I could lob Stevens at Chelsea into that, maybe. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, that's a decent shout. I think Egan were more consistent. I think Stevens had a ridiculous second half against Chelsea. I think yeah. Egan was fantastic. I mean, there was that thing in the first half where he just come running out, I think, at the last minute of the first half. And he like sort of won the ball in like sort of outside the area, and you think what he's like the, one of the highest players up the pitch. <laughs> but he just come out and said, "Right, I'm having that. Let's yeah. get rid half time. Here we go." Yeah, excellent performance and a, a bit of a shot in the eye to those sort of particularly Brentford fans who said he'd get caught out against teams with pace. Well, you're not going to find many faster sides than Everton, and no. he was the best player on the park. So yeah, no, it was it was immense, and I um, I'm really happy for him because I, I do think there's a few times this season he's not been that good. Like he's been sort mm. of beaten in the air, or his position has not been great. So yeah, this was. It don't worry me that because he started last season in a similar vein and he got better and better and I think he'll be that sort of player again to be honest. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, and I, I guess to, to kind of return to your point really from earlier, I mean, I th- you know, I've always said we're really good at defending, but I think we're really good at backs to the wall defending. You know, that was kind of a question mark at the start of last season just because we mm. never saw it happen. But yeah, I think I think I said coming into this season, you know, that's that will stand us in good stead because we will have plenty of games where we are back against the wall yeah. and yeah well, I think I picked, I, when I picked Norwich to go down uh, in, in the pre-season thing the, one of the reasons I had us to finish above them was they've never actually had that you know onslaught of you know having to sit back that's not their game at all where we've shown against Leeds and Brentford that we can deal with that and come out the other side and yeah I think that's held us in good stead for you know for this game and maybe even next week's game against Liverpool yeah definitely um so yeah it's kind of I kind of say I feel this is like bonus points for us almost you know wasn't expecting mm-hmm. it and it you know again we don't like the term free hit but it really it, it really gives us some breathing room in terms of what happens against Liverpool next week yeah I mean, it took the pressure off massively like that yeah I mean my, my friend uh, messaged me early saying that it took 13 games for the first relegated team to get eight points last season wow that is amazing so- yeah, so, and I think at this point, just give me a second, because he, uh, he actually messaged me the the, the full thing. Yeah, uh, it was actually Huddersfield, believe it or not, who were the first to, to get to eight points. Oh, OK. Yeah, um, and at this sort of stage last season, um, we'll, we'll have been in the same place as Wolves, I think that's right. Hmm. Nice. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, same place as Everton, sorry. I don't know where I've got Wolves from. Yeah, same place as Everton were this time last season in the same, you know, one, two, drawn two, lost two. So Yeah. Yeah, same amount of points as Spurs, Man U, Burnley have, I feel like Burnley have actually had a really good start to the season, or at least. They really have, yeah. But I then, mean I think that was a better win than people think against Norwich, because Norwich have been on such a high, I wouldn't have wanted to play him. Yeah. Um but yeah, same amount of points as us, same amount of points as Chelsea and uh Palace as well. So yeah. It definitely takes the pressure off. I were worried, I said to you that I I had a feeling we'd be in the bottom three by the time we played Watford, and I mm. think that's pretty impossible now with the games, you know, who was playing each other, even if every result goes against us. So, yeah, huge, huge result, that. Yeah, you're right. We can't be in the bottom three because um, 18th place Villa have four points and we have eight. So, happy oh, days. of course, yes, they lost. I've, I've still got them winning in my head because they, <laughs> they were in front for so long yesterday against 10 men. I, was like, I just like sort of got them up. Like they already got yeah. the three points. That was making me angry. So, you know, for, yeah. for all the Arsenal abuse we give on this podcast, good job, Arsenal. Took care of business. So, a few Villa fans turn against Dean Smith. I'm really frustrated that 
Watford manager got sacked first. Cause <laughs> <laughs> so I think that like that's all the Villa fans saying. I'm like, oh, just you know. Anyway, indeed. Um, yeah. So and yeah, I think also just from a like almost a narrative point of view because obviously we had the court case and all right, that's uh, I don't want to return to that too much because we talked about it last week. But I think um, I think that could have gone worse in terms of PR. I think actually the club did a great job of. Um, of, of managing that with uh, with the press conference and then the fans forum as well, and the, you know there didn't seem to be anything particularly negative um, coming up from that. In fact, quite the opposite. Yeah, um, I think the PR war war has so far been won by Prince Abdullah from what I've seen. Yeah, so I mean, let's say that gone slightly differently, um, and then we've obviously lost to Southampton. If we lost to Everton, you know, we'd probably lose to Liverpool. Suddenly, it's like, oh, what? We've, what would that be? That'd be one win in seven games when it yeah and uh you know we probably would be down near the uh the relegation zone and yeah so i'm i'm, I'm really and every win is so precious as we saw the season we went down as we've just pointed out with the the stats from that season of winning three games away from home and you know the last we, we lost nine out of the last 10 away from home that three points it's not like three points in the championship no it's they are huge huge points every single one you get yeah, and if you're talking, uh, if you're talking forty points to stay up, then uh, we're we're twenty percent of the way there. That's not too bad. We're uh, we're yeah, ahead of schedule. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's uh, let's give out our, our Den Blades alternative man of the match. If you if you're ready. Yeah, I'm ready for this. Yeah, nice. Uh, so yeah, this is a, a feature where we we pick out uh, one person we think deserves some special recognition. Uh, it's brought to you by the Denblades fanzine. Uh, it may not always be a player. Uh, it's someone we think deserves some special attention. Brought to you by the Denblades fanzine. As I said, who sponsor this pod. Uh, they also give special recognition to some of the best, strangest, and funniest moments in United's history. All written by very talented Blades fans. Who who are you nominating for this award this week? Chris Wilder, because it's his birthday. <laughs> it's a present for him from from me. It's <laughs> very good. Um, I, I think you know. I think I am. Well, I, I'll mention Jagielka because um, yeah. I, I think he had a good day. He was he was very uh, respectfully welcomed onto the pitch by Everton fans. It's always nice to see. You know, they were that they were losing as well and very frustrated. Mm. I mean, that, fair play to Everton fans. And uh, yeah, as, as much as as it's kind of much of a Jagielka fanboy as I've been through my football support in life I was a little bit like we really we're, we're chucking him into this situation and you know he's uh, what is he's 37 I think or about to turn and I turn that and I, I didn't really expect him to get many minutes to come on for half an hour when we're kind of under siege a little bit um surprised me but he was immense he was absolutely fantastic um yeah. Three out of three duels won, five out of five clearances, got a block in. I mean, he didn't really notice that uh, Basham wasn't there anymore. He was no, just... no. I mean, I think it was a good change in a way because mm. Basham got into midfield, I was thinking, oh. But then I thought, well, we're not doing any overlapping with centre-halves or anything. So mm. why not put Jags in there for his experience and let Basham run around and it, and it worked perfectly. Yeah, so I think he definitely deserves a mention, but um, I'm going to have to give it to Lee Smuse, I think. You know, Fair play. Just... Again, I don't think we've had a striker like him in a long time. I, I'm just, I'm also really happy for him from a, like a, a, a personal, personal way. I guess you know, um, it's come from quite a bad situation uh, in terms of career progression at Bournemouth. Yeah. What was it like, 58 games, and he played like a thousand minutes or something like? It was averaging yeah, like yeah. ten minutes in appearance or something like. He's that. obviously behind Callum Wilson, Josh King. You, you know, they've got an excellent strike force. I don't think it's much. 
it, it must have been really difficult to try and break into that team. Oh, yeah, and then they go and spend like 17 million on Solanke or whatever it was as well. So, yeah, yeah they, they kind of invested in him. And he's, uh, how old is he, Moose? He's like 23, I think. So, he's, think he's, yeah. you know, that's, that's not ideal at that age where you, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like the opposite situation of what Moise Keane's done, I suppose, where he's like, I'm, I'm leaving Juventus because I actually want to go and play football. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm in my late teens. And so, yeah, he's kind of had a, you know, I'm sure he didn't go to Bournemouth thinking I'm just going to be on the bench every week. So, but yeah, in terms of like his career, you know, I'm happy that it looks like he's actually going to get a proper run of football now. Um, and he's, he's kind of taken his, uh, his first steps to proving any doubt is wrong. Any of those people that were like, well, he just broke your transfer record for someone that scored three goals in 60 games. Like, well, yeah. you know, this is what happens when he actually gets an opportunity. So, yeah. yeah. And I think he seems like really well liked, doesn't he, as well? Um, like from the, the, the celebrations and stuff mm. and, People seem really happy for him to score as well. So yeah, yeah. There, there was that. Uh, I guess you've seen it. That photo of him and uh, him and McBurney after yeah. he scored. That's that's got to be one of the photos of the season. I think both of them just like. I know they're just sort of pulling a face, but the face is like absolute sort of astonished joy in it. It's so it's such a great photo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm happy for I'm happy for him to score for United and uh, and seal that game for us, but. He's got. It just looks like he's got all the tools. He's um. He's a really exciting prospect. And as I say, if he if he gets like seven or eight goals and wins us a few games, then ten million's nothing for that. No. Um. No. So yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm. As much as. Uh, you know. As much as I respect the fact it's Chris Wilder's birthday, and uh, and also I respect that he was honest <laughs> enough to say it wasn't. Um. Wasn't a great performance by us. Yeah. With the ball. Yeah. 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 I'm. I'm gonna go for lease. Uh, that's so, fair play I'm happy with that yeah I'll so go along with that congrats Moose and uh, yeah hopefully we'll unleash the Moose uh, from the start in one of our next few games as well so yeah, uh, yeah. he is the winner of the Demblades Alternative Man of the Match Award uh, you can pick up your copy of the fanzine from demblades.co.uk the away annual is still on sale and uh, I just saw issue three of the quarterly is being printed this week apparently as well. Um, Great stuff. They're still on the lookout for contributors, by the way. Contributors? Contributors? Contributors. Contributors, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you're listening to this and you've got something uh, something brewing in your mind that you want to get down on paper and see in a Blades fanzine, uh, head over to demblades.co.uk and, uh, and get in touch with the guys there and uh, yeah I'm sure they'll uh, welcome your contribution um, right there we go so that's that's Everton that was that was amazing great day out for me uh, big big surprise result both you know having actually watched the game and going into it as well and uh, yeah everything looks a lot uh, a lot happier after that one yeah um, let's look ahead quickly then to uh, Sunderland in the League Cup on Wednesday, yeah. uh, the the Mark McNulty revenge game. <laughs> he <laughs> He's doing well, okay, isn't he down there? I think at the moment. I think he scored a couple. I, I don't know. I, I feel Sunderland are not doing very well are they, this season. No, uh, they're man- they they were calls for their manager. I think the fit, yeah, the fifth in the league at the moment. No, uh, but they're not happy at all in terms of. Uh, you know their fans and and what they're expecting more from this season. I think mm. he's under massive pressure, Jack Ross. So they last season they were not very good, but still almost got automatically promoted. Like every, yeah. I think they were like uh, just consistently defying the uh, the XG gods. Um, so I don't know if that's just kind of carried on this season. But yeah, you would think you would think they're probably looking at Wickham and Fleetwood and thinking we should be above them. No, it's no very Sheffield United-ish when we went down at the moment, and it was Sunderland. Mm, a little bit, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think that the, the sort of 
the season when we finished in the playoffs under Danny Wilson, the second season, we weren't very good. Oh, and I think Chris Morgan took over by the end of it, in fact, didn't I? Yeah. We, we didn't play well at all that season. And that reminded me of Sunderland last season. Mm. They got in the playoffs, they nearly got all oh, Mike. We weren't that far off all Mike. And now it's sort of carried on to this season where there's a bit of a, yeah, a bit of, I mean, they've been bought out as well, haven't they, I think? Or they're in talks at least. Oh, right. I don't know. They obviously were uh, a couple of seasons ago. When, yeah, uh, I think they're trying to sell to a multi-billion billionaire. So, but... Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so we obviously play them on Wednesday night. Um, I kind of feel this is probably like a could-go-either-way sort of game just because mm. just what we saw um, against Blackburn where we made all those changes and, yeah, Blackburn give us a, a, a good run for our money, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd, in terms of the team... It's interesting. I, I actually don't want to see Moussa play. No. Or if he does, he's only playing like 45 minutes or 60 minutes, something like that. Um, but I, I, I guess, don't want to see him at all. I, I mean, he could come on for the last 10 minutes. I don't want him to start, personally. It's going to be interesting who plays up front because um, Sharp is out, obviously. Uh, this is another game, his second game of his suspension. Which is uh, felt lucky for him, really, because obviously he's only missing has. two league games there. And one is uh, Liverpool, where... He, he may not get on <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, there's not a chance. But, I don't think he'd have played in that game at all, to be honest. No. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's him. McGoldrick, uh, I think I think I heard Wilder say in his interview he's not going to play on uh, midweek regardless mm. and hopefully be ready for Saturday. Uh, McBurney yeah. had that knock as well that we mentioned he played through, so you'd think he probably will be given the night off. Are we yeah. heading to a situation where Leon Clark is starting up front for us on Wednesday night? Get him in. <laughs> I honestly, you know what? I, I thought about this more than I should have, to be honest. And with the injuries, with McBurney being injured, with Billy being out, with uh, Didzy being injured, with Moose, basically, I mean, because I'm not sure if Robinson's fully fit, to be honest. And I, he, at this moment, he seems like he's our only fit, fully fit striker. So I wouldn't risk him. I played Leon up front with maybe Luke Freeman or Ravel Morrison behind him. Yeah, I think I, I actually think the sensible thing to do is indeed start Leon Clark. It's like. I mean, we're clearly not prioritising the league club, we, uh, league cup. Excuse me. We saw that from the previous game uh, against Blackburn. Yeah. Um, and and personally, I will not lose sleep if we play badly and get knocked out by Sunderland. Yeah. Like, I hope we win. I hope you know. I hope our fringe players do brilliantly and uh, kind of push for push for selection in the in the league games. But um, yeah, I'm I'm not going to lose sleep over it. So yeah, I think the most important thing is no injuries from this game and. To that extent, I think, yeah, I, I expect a, a lot of rotation. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I just don't think we can afford to play Moose because I think if McBurney has this knock, Dids is injured, Sharp's, Sharp's obviously suspended, Robinson maybe could possibly have an argument for Robinson. I don't think he looks fully fit myself. Obviously came back with a bit of an injury from Ireland. Mm. I'd stick Leon up front with Ravel Morrison, I think. Yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see. It's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, one of those, I think, where not too fussed how it, how it goes, but I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of intriguing things to uh, to look out for in terms of like the rest of the season. So, yeah, well, it, well, this is another one I thought in my you know if, if you wanted to go down the alternate universe uh, of bad narratives, we could end up go. We could have gone Southampton loss, Everton loss, get knocked out by Sunderland, lose to Liverpool, and suddenly everybody's going bananas. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, that's four losses in a row. Yeah, completely. That's such an important win. I never saw it coming, and. It's, so I would say it's sort of made up for the Southampton game because I thought we were fairly unlucky against that. But 
Yeah, just to get that three points away just puts everyone more relaxed for next week it's, as well, it, I think. You can enjoy it as much as you can next week. Exactly. It's, it's breathing room, in it? It's like, now we, yeah. now we can afford another Southampton, essentially, another game that we should have got something out of and we didn't. So, yeah, yeah, excellent stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, we obviously play Liverpool on Saturday. And, yeah, the Blades are... We're two out of two so far versus the City of Liverpool because uh, Sheffield United women beat Liverpool in the yeah. cup competition at the weekend as well. So... Two from two versus the City of Liverpool. Are we going to make it three out of three? Possibly not. <laughs> How? Um, <laughs> yeah. Go on, sorry. I, I'm going to say, I mean, I think, I can imagine a few fans will be saying, well, look at Norwich against Man City, but I think that's a one in 5,000 match that, that happened. So, I mean, we and a friend were talking about, would you be happy? This is this is so negative. Would you be happy to take a, a decent performance and a 2 0 loss? <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I I wouldn't lose sleep over it. Uh, no, this so. is it. I just don't want to get absolutely battered. I know that sounds awful and it's a bit of a slight on the team and I don't want it to sound like that, but these these are the champions of Europe. We're not talking about, you know, just a decent side. They are the best side in Europe as it stands. Yeah, and um, they've won every game so far. Uh, they won at Chelsea yesterday. Yeah. I'm actually, uh, I texted you this, didn't I? I'm actually quite yeah. glad they won yesterday and they're still... 100% record. I think I'd rather have that than them have uh, dropped points. I mean, just look I at I cheered what... for them, even though I thought Chelsea deserved the point, but I was yeah. like, please don't drop points, please don't drop points, because I don't, I, I, you know, that like say it takes the pressure off even more than the fact that no one's going to be saying Liverpool have got to bounce back from, you know. Mm. Well, I mean, just look at Man City. You know, they, they lost to Norwich, and then you can't tell me that wasn't a factor in what they did to Watford. I mean, they... Yeah. And they did not let up, did they? They could easily have got like... I mean, it little, just looking at the highlights, well, it could have been about 8-0 up at half-time, never mind at yeah. the game. So, yeah, that that would that would concern me a little bit, I think, if Liverpool had, uh, had dropped points or even lost yesterday. Um, a slight, slight glimmer of optimism is they are kind of overperforming in terms of... Or rather, their results are kind of... Uh, I mean, they they have to be the perfect results wise. You know, you, that's not not normal for football <laughs> six out of six. But yeah, just uh, like I say, looking at um, under stats xG, they are they are second best, but they're way behind uh, Man City. Their expected points is um, still third in the league. Their expected points are eleven point four, so they're almost seven points better off than they kind of deserve to be in terms of how. Uh, the balance of uh, expected goals has gone in their matches, and yes, some of that is um, uh, is the you know the game state where they're just essentially protecting a lead and, and picking teams off on the on the counter, which is what they're really good at. But yeah, yeah, so they're it's probably I mean obviously winning every single league game is unsustainable no matter what league you're in unless you're like under twelves or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they will drop points at some stage, um, and I, I don't know if I'm going nuts here, but I. I kind of like our chances of limit, limiting them to just like one goal. Do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, think- yeah. I, I think the way we defend against, I think it'll be a very similar game to that Everton game. To be mm. honest, which might not be too pleasing on the eye, and it might not sort of, you know, we might not be off our seats much in terms of an attacking sense. But if we can stick in, as lo- the, the longer it goes nil nil for me, the, the the better. Obviously, the, the the more chances we've got of coming out with something. Yeah. And it is a long shot. I mean, let's let's not beat around the. Bush. I imagine we'll be about twenty-five to one to win, which is probably about right, to be honest. Yeah, it's probably probably in that kind of area. Yeah, but yeah, it's not. Um, 
I don't know. I, I feel weirdly, well, maybe not that weirdly, but I feel more confident that we could get something out of this than I would if we played Man City. I, I really, I know they're five points behind Man City, but they're another echelon. I, I'm not having it. <laughs> like they, I'm still yeah. very confident they're going to win the league. Um, and who knows? Maybe this will be fit Liverpool's first drop points of the season. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I think. I think. Yeah, our approach will be kind of similar to it was at Everton but I, I hope we can use the ball better when we do get it because I don't want to I think we need to yeah yeah I don't want to overlook that it wasn't it wasn't that Everton you know just completely were smashing us and like winning the ball off us all the time we we made poor decisions uh you know we, we couldn't get into a, a rhythm with passing or anything like that so I hope that we can do that we just have to be very wary of the fact that Liverpool will want us to build from the back. They will absolutely want our back three to have the ball. Um, and that's where Firmino in particular is just phenomenal at uh, mm. winning it high up the pitch. And then off they go. Mane, Salah, phenomenal players. Fabinho is just like a, a beast in midfield. Robertson and Alexander-Arnold. They are a, a great, great team. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be incredibly tough. But it, it kind of doesn't really matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Like you know, as you say, if we lose two 0 or something, and we've played quite well, I'll, I'll, I'll pretty much take that. I know that's. I'm not going to lie. Before the Everton game, I was saying like to the the kids who were at Matchfield, I was saying, not really looking forward to it. It's one of those games where you think like before the season, wow, we're going to be hosting Liverpool and Man City. But after the Southampton defeat, I expected an Everton defeat, and then I was thinking, this. Yeah, I'm not really looking forward. But the fact that now it is it is realistically a free shot because of the result. It, the result is... I won't say the results are relevant because that's a ridiculous thing to say. But because of the win against Everton, I can enjoy it more. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to try and enjoy watching, you know, such a good side. Yeah. And I think I say we should enjoy We should enjoy seeing how our players stack up against them and how we, you know, how tactically we approach the game. You mm. know, every every good bit of play from us is is like... You know, massive credit to to the players. I think in, yeah. in, against that level of competition. So, yeah, let's uh, let's see what happens. I, I'm I'm obviously looking forward to it because, as I say, no no pressure on us at all. I don't think. And it's uh, a long time since I felt that. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit. Yeah, obviously, last time we put, last time Liverpool came to Bramall Lane was uh, it was the Rob Styles uh, Sheffield player oh, intended yeah. to foul. Oh God! Yeah. Dearest captain Stephen Gerrard. So, yeah. hopefully, a slightly less controversial game. And uh, our home record against Liverpool is pretty decent in recent years. Actually, I think it's it a top of my head, so I might be wrong. But one-one, I think we obviously beat them in the uh, Wuthering Cup. Yep. We were then. Two, then we beat them in the Premier League when nice? we went down. Uh, we Justine Flo got a couple of goals, and I oh, remember yeah. Dean scoring a lob from miles away. And yeah. I think we won one nil with Adrian Littlejohn scoring as well. So we, you know, we've, we've caused a few upsets against them. But this is, the, this is the best Liverpool team will have faced. So yeah, I think so. But yeah, let's uh, let's enjoy it. And yeah, as I say, great result this weekend. Definitely, uh, definitely gives us um, gives us some breathing room for the next uh, next week or so for sure. Going into Watford, which is a, a much more, um, I guess, meaningful game for us probably. So who have Watford got this Saturday? Somebody difficult. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought so because I'm hoping they're going to be under like the biggest downer of all time. Well, it's uh, like, like I said, they probably weren't. Uh, they got Wolves away. Well, they've got Wolves away. And you, Wolves have got to Actually, win that. They've got to win a match soon. Wolves. Yeah, I, I've got some bad news. Wolves and Watford are not finishing the relegation zone. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> but you, you decided. <laughs> I, I just I, Watford. Watford have actually played pretty well uh, yeah. in most of their games. It's just a weird thing to say when they just got tanked 8-0. Yeah. But, yeah, they they just can't finish. Um, 
and you'd expect that to kind of turn around a little bit at some point. So, yeah, I think they'll jump up the table, um, and Wolves surely are going to jump up the table. Yeah, I mean, Wolves have not played well, have they, by all accounts, but... The, I, they've just got too many good players to to even be thinking about relegation for yeah. me. They're prioritising the Europa League at the moment, I think. Although they just yeah. lost, the, lost the game in that the other night that I watched. Um, they're a bit low. Yeah, Braga was it? That's right. Yeah, it was a Portugal derby practically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so yeah, I think they'll I think they'll jump up the league a bit. So, but anyway, yeah, that's a tough game for Watford, and and actually a draw probably would be pretty nice for for both of us. Let's let's mm-hmm. keep us. Keep as many teams beneath us as, as we possibly can for as long as we can. Uh, I guess. And that's it. With Watford coming up, if Watford don't pick up any points against Wolves, or even a, that's going to be seven games of that win for them. That's mm-hmm. and they'll look at us and think this is we, we need to win this game. And that's huge pressure games. for them. So you know, I'm hoping that, like you say, I hope it's a draw. Yeah, that'd be very nice indeed. All right, buddy, let's uh, let's wrap it up there then. So great, uh, yeah, phenomenal result for the Blades. Great day out. Um, and yeah, everything looks a lot happier than it did last yeah. week. It's, it's weird how it one result. I, I guess this is it. What you're saying about like the value of a win in the Premier League is so massive when you're a when you're a team that kind of acknowledges they're not going to win that many, and that's no. uh, that's two down, probably probably ten more, and we'll we'll stay up. I reckon uh, we'd have all taken this at the beginning of the season. I mean, yeah. some people have said we've not had the hardest start. Uh, yeah, possibly we've not played Liverpool, Man City, mm. but. You're taking eight points from those six games. If you were expecting more than that, then you're, yeah, you're a lot more optimistic than I was. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the table, Everton are now the lowest placed team that we've played this season. Yeah, all, yeah, that is true. That they've all had good starts. I'm just looking at myself now. Yeah, because Leicester have they've had a great start, haven't they? I think they were unlucky against Man U last week. And mm. other than that, they yeah they deserve to beat Chelsea when they drew with them. And yeah, great result against Tottenham. I mean, they've had a difficult start and they're third in the league. Yeah. So uh, yeah, again, we've. I think you can make a case that our, our start to the season is not as easy as um, maybe it looked on paper initially. No. no. Nice one. All right, let's let's wrap it up there then, pal. So where can uh, where can people check out your stuff? It's uh, com or at Panchero on Twitter. Nice. Have we got a view from uh, Sunderland coming up? <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> um, a view, yeah, a view from Sunderland will be coming up. Uh, I'll probably post that tomorrow morning, I would have thought, or tomorrow afternoon, somewhere, sometime tomorrow. <laughs> nice one. Make sure to include a clip of um, the Bouncing Day massacre in your... Of course, yeah. Well, I don't think I'll forget that because I think it'll. I think as soon as I log on to Twitter, I'll be bombarded by clips <laughs> of that goal again. So he didn't get on again, by the way, at the weekend. D- he, he didn't. No, he didn't. No. Oh. So, that's just, anyway, well, that's just going to bring me down. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. All right, I'll uh, I'll talk to you later, Paul. Thanks very much. Yep. Cheers. Thank you. All right, I'm very pleased to be joined now by Lizzie Doyle from uh, the Anfield Wrap. Lizzie, how are you doing today? I'm good. It's it's just started lashing it's down raining outside, so I'm really sad that I've chose the wrong outfit. But other than that, I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> good. And uh, you must be pretty happy with Liverpool's start to the season. Another uh, another pretty impressive result uh, yesterday as well against Chelsea. But yeah, how's uh, I, I mean it, maybe this is a redundant question actually because you're you're six <laughs> from six to start the season. But yeah, how? Uh, how have things have gone? Is it is it in line with like performance levels in line with what you kind of wanted to see, or uh, there's still kind of some room for improvement, or has it been far beyond what you kind of kind of hoped? 
Um, I want to say far beyond, but the thing is, we knew what we had to do uh, at the start of the season. We knew we had to hit the ground running, and that's off the back of last season. And it was, it felt absolutely ridiculous when we were starting our season off and thinking, I don't know, two games in that we can't drop any points. Like it's impossible to drop points because you just don't know where you can get them back. Um, I, I remember going to like Southampton and stuff like that and thinking Southampton away is sticky, Burnley away is sticky, um, but we can't drop points. We've got to be perfect. And I'm more shocked at Man City um, dropping five, well, the five points behind Liverpool now, but mm. I think Liverpool have been great and they've been, they've been perfect at six out of six at 18 points. And people might argue that we might not have been playing as nice a football as last year, but we've got a hundred percent. We've got a, we've got all the points on the board and we've had our, you know, the best keeper in the world, who I think is the best keeper in the world. He injured in our first game. We've had a number two step in. We had no preseason whatsoever. He was training with a Spanish second division side just to keep himself fit. And has had to come in and get used to this football team and the way that they play out from the back. I am so, so happy with our start. And um, honestly, I, I don't know how you can't be. Uh, I think we've played a little bit more conservatively, but that's fine. Um, just hold the energies for now. We've got a lot of football coming up with Champions League. And even the Napoli defeat, nothing to worry about. If we were going to drop points in any games, I'd rather it have been Napoli. And then we can just carry on uh, with our 100% record. That'd be very nice. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, did Liverpool, didn't they lose every away game in the uh, Champions League group stage last season? In the group stages, yeah. Um, yeah. And, I mean, we didn't, obviously, we, we were only beaten once in the league and our other defeats come from Chelsea in the League Cup mm. uh, where Eden Hazard scored. But, obviously, um, we're not facing Chelsea this time. Oh, no, Eden Hazard, which is quite nice. Uh, we got <laughs> beat in the fit. Uh, Wolves knocked us out of the FA Cup. Uh, City beat us but other than that our defeats come in the Champions League like you said every group uh, every away group game we lost and then um, we obviously got beat at Barca 3-0 mm. but it's mad to think they were the only games that we lost last year and yeah. and luck we ended up winning the Champions League so if uh, if was losing to Napoli again this year <laughs> means winning the Champions League then I'm all for it probably take that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess the big question is you know you mentioned that five point buffer do you, do you think Liverpool can stay at the top this season? Uh, I I think it's well I think it's really realistic I think it's ugh, let me start that answer again it is I think it's well within Liverpool's grasp to, to win this league we saw that last year they, they pushed Man City to a point Liverpool can definitely win the league but I don't think Liverpool can stay on top constantly. I think um, there will be a there will be a time there will be a place that Liverpool drop points. Unfortunately, um, we're not used to it, and and I need to make sure that obviously everyone's heads sort of stay screwed on when it does happen. There's some really good sides in in the Premier League. Um, it's a really hard one because I actually thought. I went into the I went into this season saying we're not going to win the league because I saw Man City's side and you know they added like they added just just Rodri um, to replace Fernandinho and I thought we haven't we haven't added anybody in this team who, who seem to have everything just keep keep getting better and I was thinking how on earth do we do we beat City again how on earth do we run them that close but we've done a pretty good job of it so far but I think the real test. Um, for Liverpool will be when these games start coming thick and fast and it's already started there's League Cup midweek they will get a rest yeah yeah so I I imagine there's going to be a full 11 um, a full 
like 11 changes i think for for league cup personally mm. but then after that it's um it's pretty much a champions league game every um every week from every two weeks from then on in so it'll test uh, our squad depth i think and that that's where i'm a little bit wary but i'm not worried at all i absolutely love watching this side play football yeah, no, so do I, to be honest. I mean, I, I, I love Klopp. Uh, I just think he's one of the, the most entertaining managers in, uh, <laughs> in in the country, both in terms of uh, his personality and uh, and the style of football he plays. So, yeah, lots of uh, lots of enjoyable evenings and afternoons spent watching Liverpool on the box. Um, are there any any particular players that have kind of surprised you so far this season for Liverpool? Um Either good or bad, really. Someone that's like either played better or, or surprisingly worse than you expected. Oh God, honestly, I, I'm not just saying it. I promise I haven't got red tinted glasses on, but I can't sit here and say anyone's played bad because they haven't. Like, look at mm. look at what we've done and look at the football we're still playing. I think if people really want to start talking about like weaknesses and stuff like that, you could say Salah's maybe dropped off a little bit, but then Firmino seems to have, um, I don't know, stepped up even more. And that's the thing. Like last year, we saw. Um, Sadio Mane sort of taking the the he, he was the one getting all the praise last year out of the front three whereas the year before that it was Salah but I don't care which one out of them um, is, is performing the best because they're still all brilliant players and when one's firing and the other one isn't it doesn't really matter for me I think our two best players so far this season uh, I think I think Bobby Firmino has been unbelievable I think what a footballer he is I think the the position he plays in a little bit unconventional, I suppose, and no one else can do the the job that he does. Probably only Sadio Mane really is the only one who can give him a run for his money through the middle. And um, we've tried putting Divock Origi there, and he just can't he can't do the work that um, Firmino does. Mm. I think I think he's been outstanding, but I'm going to give a, a shout out to Joel Matip. I think Joel Matip has been unbelievable since he stepped in uh, alongside Van Dijk. But this season, he's carried on. Uh, he's carried on his form and. I'm, I'm literally talking about Chelsea yesterday. It's in that last 20 minutes where it felt like our backs were against the wall and Chelsea were getting on top of us. It just seemed to, to me that Joel Matip was winning everything and he, he seems to be popping up in the box as, as well on set pieces. Like He's he's much more of a threat. Um, you know, he, he scored a goal or two already for Liverpool, um, a couple of headers. And I don't know, I think he's, he's, um, I think he's improved so much to the point where he feels like a new player. It feels like a bit of a new signing, and I hate that cliche, but it's true because he was absolutely awful when we signed him. He was crap. He was, yeah. and we were all ready to throw him out the window and 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 be done with him. But he's come back and he's proved that actually he's you know he's a he's a really really good high standard centre half. Yeah, no, I've definitely noticed that as well. I I didn't think much of him when uh, when he first joined Liverpool, but yeah, certainly certainly this season is um is really impressed me. Um. Obviously, six six wins from six. Uh, I guess yeah, you, you had the defeat to Napoli, so just sort of kind of turning, turning slightly to a, an opposition perspective, uh, a Sheffield United perspective. Is there which game would you say you've kind of had the most difficulty with so far, and what what kind of would you say is a a weakness maybe that uh, opposition teams should perhaps look at as like potentially that's something that, that they could have success from. I mean, unfortunately, uh, Sheffield United don't have. Uh, maybe maybe not quite the talent <laughs> level of Napoli, but you know maybe maybe a few players that would fit in there. But um, yeah, is there anything in particular that you think would constitute uh, a kind of area of weakness, which is a hard thing to say when you're six from six? Do you know what it is? I think it's um, 
I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a weakness, but I think what opposition teams should do rather than it being a weakness mm. is um, stop the fullbacks because the thing is, with uh, we were talking today on our show about how uh, amazing Trent Alexander-Arnold is, for example, and what if we moved him into midfield, but... Mm. The, the way that Klopp's built his side is that the full-backs are just as much a star as the show as the front three. And it seems that the midfield uh, basically just enablers. They're not the ones doing the, the fancy passes, the fancy assists and stuff like that. Like our midfielders don't go, get anywhere near um, as many assists as our full-backs. And I think what Napoli done, and I don't know if it's because Jürgen Klopp set up to respect them a little bit, but because Napoli are quite attacking. Like they've scored something like, I don't know, before the... Uh, played us they'd scored like seven go- seven or eight goals away from home um, quite a high scoring team but um, I think by not letting our full backs push forward as much as they, they may be like assisting that front three is where opposition teams can maybe have a chance because then you're relying on the front three to create for themselves and that's what Napoli done quite well and I think Chelsea done quite well mm. uh, in the whole game even though I do think we played well we were really controlled and, and confident and I do think we were a little bit more conservative and rightly so because we were tuning up off two set pieces but I think um, opposition teams should be looking at our full backs and thinking if we can stifle them and stifle the supply up to the front three as the thing is, our front three are absolutely amazing and maybe they were just having an off day, but they rely so much on Andy Robertson and Alexander-Arnold. So I'm thinking that's probably where um, that would be our weakness, if that's the right word. Yeah, I assume it. An opportunity, I guess. Yeah, opportunity, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that is going to be interesting because obviously we play um, three at the back with, and our, our wing-backs rather than full-backs, um, generally we try and get them forward as much as possible. And yeah basically play like wingers but it does mean we'll yeah it'll be interesting to see almost uh i guess if uh if, I, well, I would imagine you guys will have some joy going down the flank certainly but it's if we can <laughs> kind of kind of do the same to you i suppose so yeah that is gonna be interesting i, I absolutely love alexander arnold by the way he's uh he's excellent isn't yeah, he he's, he's probably one of my favorite players um that doesn't play for Sheffield united i, I love watching him and yeah I, i'm really fascinated to see if he um he does actually end up playing in midfield, like maybe for England or something like that. Like, it's, it's a possibility. I mean, people, yeah. everyone keeps comparing him to Gerard because Gerard, when he was Trent's age, was playing at right back and he moved him into midfield. Yeah. But I think, I think it's, and, and I'm, again, I'm not doing this whole Liverpool fan with amazing thing. I'm literally talking about um, this Liverpool team right now under Jurgen Klopp and how he manages this side. I think in a Jurgen Klopp side, he needs to stay where he is because he can become literally one of the best, if not the best right back in the world, and he can become the best in his field. I think if you take Jurgen Klopp out where a system might change a little bit and there's not as much reliance on full-backs, mm. um, that might be that might be an opportunity for him to move forward. But I think right now, he's, like I say, the, the being given a little bit of free reign. Um, and the thing is, when I was saying there about if you stifle those two, the th- <laughs> The thing with, with those two is for opposition teams, what they can end up doing is if they put too much effort into to stopping um, our full-backs, there's always going to be someone else to pick up the ball and run yeah. into space. And um, we can hit on a counter and, and, and the pace of our side now is is, is devastating. So, But I mean, I, I think Sheffield's a really... I don't think it's an easy game. And I think you've proved that. I think you've... You know, you beat an Everton at the weekend, which we all know is is um, a very easy thing to do. Um, <laughs> no, you picked up some, uh, you picked up some some good results, and I think I know a lot of Liverpool fans are 
not as confident maybe as uh, I don't know Sheffield fans may think but I don't know if that's because we've come off the back of two really tiring games with uh, Napoli running us ragged in that heat as well mm. uh, and then a really tough game against Chelsea but they do have a rest midweek um, ready to go on Saturday morning so I, I don't know I just don't think it's going to be as cut and dry as as, as people think I can see Sheffield scoring be, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it in terms of uh, I'm just fascinated to see how we uh, how we approach play. I feel like uh, Premier League's become like a bit like La Liga in a way where you've just got two ridiculously good teams and then <laughs> there is a big drop off to the rest of the league, I think. Um, and I think certainly uh, from what I've seen so far, there's no reason why United can't and, and indeed already have uh, take points off pretty much every other team. But yeah, these you and uh, you and Man City is just seems to be that next echelon up. So I'm really interested to see how we approach the game and I guess what we get out of it. Um, do you have any any memories of uh, seeing Liverpool against Sheffield United? Do you know what I don't? I'm I'm a, I'm a baby when it comes to football. So <laughs> it has um, been a while. I, I when was the last time we played you? Yeah? Would have been 2007, I think. I don't believe we've met in the cups since then. So yeah, last time we we're in the Premier League. 2007. Oh, do you know what? I probably can't. But I was only just sort of getting into football in 2005, and I was quite young. So to me, it's quite exciting. Actually, I like it when teams who I've not really seen play in the Premier League um, come up. So I'm really quite intrigued as as to what you do. And I know this is like an away day that everyone's dying to go on as well. Um, I, I I quite like um, obviously with Norwich as well. When you're just saying there about. You you can take points off other sides, and you can because look at what Norwich has done against Man City. And mm. uh, I know Liverpool are in a better form, but the it it's it can happen. Upsets can happen. I mean, I, I really hope it doesn't for us. But <laughs> um, I, I like I do think you will you will get a goal. I think um, you you've I don't know the I don't think Liverpool are worse defensively. I don't know what it is where the odd goals sort of come sneaking through but the thing is like I said to you earlier we had um, the best goalie in the world um, with the best centre half in the world right in front of him and if you're taking out the best goalkeeper um, around at the moment based on form you're going to feel it but I honestly don't think Adrian's a weakness and I think that if anyone was to say to use to, to pick on Adrian I, I, I don't think that's the right place I don't think yeah. that's where you should be looking because especially the last few games the save he pulled off midweek at Napoli was was brilliant and he made some great saves at the weekend even the one where Tammy Abraham was through and it was just him and Tammy Abraham and he just knew what Virgil van Dijk and Joel Matip were doing and he, he stood him up right position and made Tammy Abraham made uh, basically make a decision and he got it right so um I, d- I don't know where the goal will come from, but I don't, we've only kept one clean sheet so far this season, so that's why I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if you managed to, yeah. to score. But no, no memories for me, but hopefully this is a really good one for me <laughs> to take forward with my first one. Fair enough. Um, I guess final question, is there any chance of Klopp resting Salah, Firmino and Mane against us, <laughs> please? Um, <laughs> in, in all seriousness, can you, see, can you see some rotation with a view of the Champions League coming up, or do you think it will be... Uh, strongest possible team for the Premier League and kind of take your chances because you're, you're at home obviously for the Champions League game, yeah. yeah yeah I think it's um is it Salzburg at home um, yeah, that's right yeah so do you think this will be strongest possible team on Saturday yeah yes because they're having a break midweek the yeah. only one the only position I'd have a question mark over is maybe 
Jordan Henderson slash Gene Wijnaldum, I think your front th- the front three are starting no matter what because as well Origi's um, picked up an injury he's about a week or two away from coming back mm. so um, I wouldn't even know what you'd do with the front three without Origi so the front three will stay I think the only one the only one he might think of is Gene or Henderson with an eye to um, to Salzburg but because that's what he'd done with Jordan Henderson if you remember he started Oxlade Chamberlain against Newcastle yeah. and rested Henderson and then played Henderson from the off. But we were playing on Tuesday night, whereas, you know, they're having a week break now. Um, then they'll play Sheffield and then they're playing Wednesday night at home. So um, I think that would be the only one you say. But other than that, it's going to be Joel Matter, Van Dijk, Trent, Andy Robertson, I think, without a shadow of a doubt. That's one. Well... Yeah, this is why we got promoted, I suppose, is to uh, go up against the best, uh, some of the best players in, in well, in Europe actually, uh, and the world, I guess. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, looking forward to the game. Um, Lizzie, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate you uh, coming on to give us uh, give us an opposition fans uh, fans preview. Thank you very much for having me. 